This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is The Breakfast Grill. Malaysia waited with bated breath for the formation of the government after GE15. Finally, a unity government was formed with after many twists and turns. Today, as we approach almost 100 days of Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim's administration, we speak to two first-time MPs for their reflections and, of course, their goals for the rest of their term. We welcome Shalina Abdul Rashid. MP for Bukit Bandera and Lee Chiang Chung, MP for Pataling Jaya. Thank you for joining us today. Now, Shalina, let's start with you. Okay. Because prior to contesting for Bukit Bandera, you were already the Adun for Delima. Did you want to make the switch from state to national politics or was it the party DAP that decided that fate for you? It was, um, it was both. Um, also, it was an opportunity that was presented and... I, I see it as as a great way to also be being able to to voice out you know my concern also with the vision that I want and also hope to to participate in you know nation healing because we've seen how how the country's battling between you know the good and also the extreme views and yeah it's just it's for me it was just another opportunity and platform to which we can raise this issue. On a, on a federal level and also unite like-minded Malaysians. Okay, we'll come back to your vision sure. in a minute. Uh, but same question for you, Chiang Chung. I mean, you were also two-time adun for PKR for the Pahang state of Semambu before becoming MP for PJ. I mean, it's certainly a change of scenery. Was this part of your political ambitions? After serving two terms as state assemblyman, um, I told party that I'm ready to serve uh, on another role. Um, maybe... Um, but I, I didn't expect that uh, it, it would be PJ. Something so prominent. Uh, something that is so out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, probably party chose me because I used to work and stay uh, in PJ. When I first joined the party, I was a research officer in the parliament, opposition leader's office. So I stayed working in PJ and they thought, well, why not? PJ boy for PJ. Uh, yeah, half PJ boy <laughs> for PJ. But how different are the demands of an MP versus an Adun? I mean, has the first 100 days really been an eye-opener for you? Uh, Shilina, yes or no? I mean, bearing in mind that you're still Sri Delima Adun for the moment, right? Yes, I am. So an eye-opening experience, um, it's definitely different. Because, um, you know, what you do and what you say all of a sudden becomes a, you know, it becomes a national interest. Um, but in terms of expectations and roles and what we do, it's pretty much still the same. You know, we're here to berhidmat mm-hmm. kepada rakyat, and you know, there's, you know, being still still being an adun, I still get a lot of rather interesting uh, complaints. You know, rubbish, bus being late. I mean, of course, these things matter to residents, it, right? It does. It does, and it shows that these are the things that we need to work on because it affects people. So. Regardless of, you know, what complaints, uh, you know, my, I just tell my team, you know, we're here to serve. And if we can't do it, um, rather, if it's not within our jurisdiction, then we will channel it accordingly to the right Jabatans as well as mm-hmm. Aduns and so forth. What about you, Changsha? What was the biggest surprise? I mean, both pleasant or unpleasant after being an MP? Because, you know, there was some argument that, you know, there was really no need to replace... Maria Chin with you in the first place. She was doing a pretty decent job as MP for Pataling Jaya. 
Maria left a big boots for me to fill, definitely. However, it's also a political decision by the party, and I adhere to that. Mm. Uh, biggest, I think, takeaway is that uh, we have to work together. Um, I'm still having a very good relationship with Maria. Uh, we joined program together just last week. Uh, well, um, one of the what you, um, if, if I may say is uh, advantage being an MP is that I'm given a bigger amplifier for me to carry my idealism and also my some issues that I'm interested mm. to champion uh, to the parliament. Okay. But what have been the immediate challenges? Was it the cut to development funds? Because typically MPs receive between 3 to 4 million ringgit annually, comprising of three parts. And it's the third part, I understand, which is being impacted, which is the infrastructure fund of 2 million ringgit, which MPs can typically spend on anything from schools to roads. I mean, do you agree with this cut, Shalina? Has it made life difficult for you as an MP? Um, I wouldn't say it made it completely difficult, but it presented some challenges. Mm. And um, of course, you know, with the with the cut, people's expectations are far different because now, you know, we're not the opposition. We're the ruling government. But yeah, they expect much more, don't they? They oh, yes. expect immediate solutions. Exactly. But, you know, we take it in stride and this is where I feel we have the opportunity to think outside the box, think of how to find solutions creatively with what we have. Just another set of challenges that we can meet. <laughs> but how are you going to make up that shortfall? I mean, really, $2 million is is quite a, a serious sum of money to suddenly have no access to anymore. It is. But then again, you know, we've, we've had MPs who were also from the opposition before the change of government and all of that. So again, we'll, we'll see what can be done. I believe that whatever challenges that, that arise, we can find solutions for it. What about you, Chiang Chung? I mean, 200,000 voters alone in Petaling Jaya. I cannot yeah. imagine the number of residents, right? Mm -hmm. Significant. So how are you going to make up the shortfall? And I'm sure, I mean, I'm a KL resident, but I drive around PJ and I know there are a lot of things that's, that need work. Mm -hmm. um, just to remind the audience that I came from Pahang mm -hmm. uh, with zero allocation back then and I survived my, my two terms. It's also, I think, apart from our direct allocation, it's also about how we can work around the bureaucrats and the agencies mm -hmm. to get the right funding. Yeah. As what Dato Sri Anwar said, um, yeah, there, there will be a reduced direct allocation to us, but mm -hmm. at the same time, uh, there will be uh, the same uh, amount of uh, allocation being parked under the agencies. Okay, but so then uh, we have to work with the agencies uh, to get the right um, pain points resolved. Mm -hmm. And I, I would assume that actually, to be really fair, this amount of funding should be available to all MPs, right? It should not be only for those in Agree. power, isn't Agree. it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, both of you won safe seats with significant majorities. But Shalina, the 80% in a predominantly Chinese electorate on the DAP ticket. Now, a Malay woman in the DAP, honestly, that's not the norm in Malaysian politics. And I think even a point you acknowledged in your... Um, in much of your tweets, right? And I think co your community, your own community, somewhat suspicious of you. And I think you've had the unfortunate reward of, I call it inverted commas, reward of hate messages. Um, these views by, might be a minority, but what does this really say about Malaysia? And how come the political narrative is always race or religion? Yeah, this is something that we need to break away from. Because again, identity politics—it's been there. It's—it's—it's it's, it's such a convenient way for certain organizations to f use it to remain in power, divide and conquer, say mm -hmm. what you want. 
But, you know, this narrative needs to change. And I do, this is where, you know, both of us, we come in and we want to present a new narrative, fresh ideas away from race and religion. Let's talk about pol- uh, let's talk about economy. Let's talk about the healthcare. These are important things that we need to focus on, not race or religion. Okay, so all. a move towards policy-driven uh, agenda, right? Definitely. But then some would say that DAP, you know, they fielded nine Malay candidates in GE15. Of course, uh, Young Shafura Offman for Bentong, mm-hmm. Sharedan Johan for Bangi. But is is it just tokenism? No. For a Chinese-dominated party? Of course not. Of course not. It is. It's not. But it's such a. It's a convenient way of certain people of just labeling it as tokenism and this and that. But no. But then is is it going to be a, a uphill battle for DAP to change that mindset that they are just a Chinese party always fulfilling a Chinese agenda? If if there are certain people and organizations that continue saying that repeatedly, then you know they will be very counterproductive. Uh, you know, obviously, if you if you say certain things, if you if you rehash and recycle lies, mm-hmm. you know, people tend to believe it as as the truth. So, you know, I believe that this is where good politics comes in, and it's about what we can do for the people. Okay, but isn't the evidence in let's say the number of Malay members within DAP, you know, an increasing number of representatives, be it Aduns or MPs from DAP. So give us some colour, you know, how many Malay members are there? How many Aduns coming up in the six state elections will will DAP be fielding? Maybe you don't have the answer on the I spot. I don't have the answers, yeah. But, um, you know, we in DAP, we do actually have a lot of... Uh, Malay members? Malay members, yeah. More yeah, and more. Do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chia Chong, I want to focus on age. Okay, I'm going to out you because you're 41 years old. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, not the youngest MP in the August House. That honour goes to Taufik Johari and mm-hmm. P. Prabhakaran, who are 26 years, 20, excuse me, 26 years old. But I'm going to give some statistics. So the median age of MPs is now 52.4. But yet the median age of Malaysians is 30 years old. So okay. there is a gap. Why is it so hard to attract younger politicians or is it a case of older politicians not wanting to make way for the next generation? Um, thank you for considering me as still young. <laughs> younger. <laughs> I, yeah, younger. <laughs> I, I take it as a, uh, <laughs> a compliment. Um, I think there is always a work in progress to make sure we have um, younger representation in the parliament. And it's already demonstrated uh, in Pakatan Harapan, at least, that uh, candidates from Kadilan, from the AP are generally younger. Mm. Uh, though at the same time, we were also facing challenges from only 18, the much younger group. Yes. And so that is a generational shift, uh, in my opinion, that we have to tackle and we have to also carry their uh, inspirations uh, they are the issues faced by their generation, which is more thorning and uh, uh, more challenging. So how can we attract younger people to think of politics as a career? I mean, for your, for your in your case, you joined politics when mm-hmm. you were, what, 27 years old? About and that, yeah. Yeah, what made you decide, okay, this is the right uh, choice for me? Um, I think first and foremost, we have to... Um, we have to develop politics as a professional career. Uh, to younger generation, uh, I think job security mm-hmm. and at the same time how can they realize their potentials uh, is important so there should be enough space and also opportunities given to the younger generation so that they can uh, develop what they like to do okay. and at the same time uh, they 
they gain satisfaction. Yeah, okay. Because uh, for me, diversity is key, right? Mm. Be it race, religion, mm. age. And now we come to women. Unfortunately, statistics, not great. 14% of women are only MPs, five ministers in the cabinet of 27. Shalina, is this really because there's a lack of women candidates or just internal party, party politics which are male-dominated? I, I honestly feel that it's a little bit of both. It is. Um, you know, this is where we need to break away from that, that old system. Mm. Um, but if you look at what uh, Penang as well as Selangor are doing, um, with Selangor you have um, Institute Wanita Berdaya and Penang we have Penang Women's Development Corporation. And these two, these two organizations provide the resources for women to step up. So there are definite uh, positive things that, that, that are in place. But again, it's about making sure that the women out there, first of all, you don't have to be afraid. And it's about also making sure that these women are empowered, such as a saying, empowered women, empower women. And yeah. it's about making sure that they have a safe platform, come out and join the movement. On the Breakfast Grill this morning are two new members of Parliament, Shalina Abdul Rashid, MP for Bukit Bandera, and Lee Chiang Chong, MP for Pateling Jaya. When we come back from the break, how challenging is it to work with your foes? And is the coalition ready for state elections in June? BFM 89.9. You are listening to the Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U Mobile. 5G now with you. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to The Breakfast Grill. On the hot seats this morning are Shalina Abdul-Rashid, MP for Bukit Bandera and Lee Chiang Chong, MP for Pataling Jaya. Before the break, their reflections of the first 100 days in politics. Now, let's get to the meaty part of the discussion because I think it was clearly a surprise to all, the formation of this unity government. Even for us at BFM, it seemed like a very long five days before Dato Sri Anwar was able to command the majority to form this government. But how has the working relationship been? With what were your foes like AMNO and GPS? I mean, sitting together on the same side of the August House, Rather strange, I think, when I saw the visuals. Shalina, after all, these are also the same people who you had said in an op-ed piece in 2016 as using religious bigotry and racial supremacy to advance their agenda. I think uh, it's not just myself, but everybody else included. Um, But then again, the focus is on repairing the damages and making sure that our country can heal. So it's it's a matter of trying to, well, not trying, but it's a matter of coming to terms with the sudden, you know, the, the formation of the unity mm. government and just snap right back up and just plow through and... Get back to work. Exactly, exactly. Okay, but was it, is it been a challenge? Because you, you, you face some of them and you think, hmm, you know, we don't, we don't agree, we don't have the same values. How, do you, how are you going to really work together though? It's, I think it's more of ag- agreeing to disagree. I mean, they have certain... Um, views that may differ from mine, which is fine. But again, the main goal is to help the build, nation. rebuild this nation. And that's what I con- continuously tell myself. That's my focus. That's what we're here to do. And we will do it. Yeah, but Chia uh, Chung, it's only been 100 days, right? And, you know, some will say, hey, you lucky guys, you're in a honeymoon period. Everyone's still in love. You're, you know, getting along. But what are the compromises that you cannot make when it comes to your colleagues who come from other political parties? Where do you draw the line? First of all, it's fortunate that uh, this block, uh, the governing block, is uh, led by Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim, which is from PH. So I think we treasure PH values very much and mm. we hope to uphold as much as we can. 
uh, at the same time, we do realize that it's not a PH government. Uh, it is a unity government. So we do need to make uh, some of the priority adjustment to make sure how, I mean, the common grounds that we have in the unity government can be implemented first. And then uh, the rest and the less uh, important issues or less urgent issues, uh, we could uh, create more rooms for discussion to forge consensus. But I think above all, it's about uh, a lesson learned for all Malaysians that how can we all sit down together, though we have a different mm-hmm. values, uh, and try to work out something for Malaysia. Okay, but you know, what are the definite things that you won't compromise on? Is it like corruption? You know, what, what, are, the, what are the things that you as an individual, as an MP also represent? What are your values? Um, definitely uh, good governance, which means, um, I mean, zero corruption mm. uh, and less tolerance on also racial and religious bigotry. I think that that uh, cherish our diversity and we have to learn to live in this multiracial uh, society to work and to develop Malaysia together. I think those are the values that we share. So is the test going to be the state elections? Because yesterday we saw you know, the six state leaders sitting on a round table looking rather happy together. So it looks like Selangor, Negeri Semblan, Kedah, Kelantan, Trengganu, Penang are heading to the polls, mm-hmm. at least in the second <clears throat> half of June, right? Can this unity government work together at the state level, especially when it comes to seat allocation? So this is really the painful part, right? Is that going yes. to be the real challenge? Shalina, what do you think? Uh it will definitely present a new set of challenges, um, but you know it's seeing how the news just broke out. Uh, what yesterday? Yes, so last evening. Last evening. So there's still a lot of questions. Um, is it gonna? It's definitely gonna change a lot. Mm. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine standing on the same stage, going on the campaign trail with them, doing your walkabout with these people who you used to compete against? You know, they they were the other challenge. Yeah, and um, you know this this is this is something that that some of the other MPs have also raised. It's like how how are we going to face you know the the people? Yeah, your constituents who perhaps voted you and then like confused. What do I do with this other guy? He's, isn't he from the other party? <laughs> There's still a lot of a uh, lot of things that need to be discussed. But again, the main focus is on the federal and keeping federal safe, keeping this nation safe from the extreme mis. And also the bigots. I mean, that's yeah. if when you throw in race, religion, religion now more so, mm. that's even more dangerous for a nation. So that's the main focus. Okay, but what about you, Chiang Chung? I mean, strange, right, to be on the same mm-hmm. campaign trail with mm-hmm. with previous foes. I mean, can you do you think it's going to be a challenge to even have the same narrative to to, to run the same campaign? I think definitely the relationship between like us and. The other, I mean, component uh, party uh, are different. I mean, mm. than like between the AP and Kadilan, we were all from PH. Uh, however, uh, since we are forging an electoral pact mm. uh, soon under the umbrella of unity government, we have to try our best uh, as much as we can yeah, to make sure our uh, coalition partners win. Uh, yet at the same time, uh, we also have to uh, realize that uh, seat negotiations will happen uh, and it will be carried out based on our strengths. So we all have different strengths. Amno will have their uh, strengths in the, I mean, mainly rural areas, uh, whereas uh, for PH will be uh, urban areas. So I think there will be some overlapping, but resolving it would be um, probably easier than uh, what we thought of before. Mm. Okay, but uh, will these state elections be an early referendum on this 
unity government. I mean, is, isn't there a lot riding, especially on these state elections, especially if the coalition does badly and even loses states like Selangor and Negeri Sembilan Shilina? Do you think that's possible? Anything is possible, but then again, uh, you know, this is this is where we are thrust again in uncharted waters. Mm. We've never had this situation before, so we're going to have to be careful about what decisions are made to prevent such things from happening. Okay, because PN has turned out to be really in a formidable mm-hmm. opposition, right? They have. And uh, Chiang Chung, you're the PKR communications director. Yeah. So what will be the narrative and campaign issues for these state elections? What lessons did the party and even your coalition learn from GE15? Because you do want to stop PN in their tracks, right? Uh, first, we shouldn't label all PN supporters as extremists or, I mean, um, I mean they are all going for jihad and all. So I think I would like to clear that myth. Uh, sec- I think most of them, they are also fan-sitters. They are not happy uh, with what the government has been governed in the uh, past 60 years. So they opted for a change. Mm. Unfortunately, um, they, they didn't come to PH or our block yet. So at the same time, we must uh, also realise they are also human beings like us. They are concerned about their future, their jobs, their careers and opportunities. So we have to respond uh, to that not by playing more race and religious card, but to uh, show that we can perform. Yeah. We are sincere and honest. And at the same time, uh, it, this is a multiracial society. Mm-hmm. We have to learn to live with each other. We need to hold our hands together to build this nation. But would some say this is just very naive of you all because you all are first-time MPs to think, yeah, you know, ideally these are the values you want to hold, but achieving it might be a challenge? I, I disagree with that because also for both of us, we've had experience being, you know, serving as counsellors, also serving as, as aduns. Mm-hmm. So the work that we've done in the past, we've, you know, we've gone down to the grounds, we've met a lot of people. So we do have, you know, a, a good un, a good grasp on what people need and how to steer this nation to the right path. Okay, and we've got a bit of time left. So a minute each from all of you all. But I want to know, Shalina, yeah. you know, what do you hope to achieve during your time as an MP? Definitely making a difference, uh, making, making, making like-minded, you know, Malaysians know that you have a voice, use it. This is our nation. And if you, if, if anybody thinks otherwise, like, you know, what's the use of politics? You know, what's the use of, of voting? You know, that's going to affect the outcome of, of this nation. But definitely a few things that I want to also push for is, you know, we need, as this nation, we need to do something much better for local artists, musicians, in terms of creative industry. It needs to be far better. You know, we need to have that support system. And um, one more last thing is definitely look into greater better benefits for veterans to help them transition from you know military service to civilian lives we need to address that gap okay and uh, what about you Chung? what are you hoping to achieve during your term I as hope MP? to bring in more high-tech uh, companies or industries to PJ I think uh, there is a vacuum after Motorola Flextronics and other firms left PJ secondly uh, to improve our public transportation yes I've seen uh, pictures Wasley. of you taking the train <laughs> yeah, yeah and the bus uh, thirdly uh, I will be running TVAT training in the B40 um, high-rise areas so that our youth uh, will also be empower economically to find better jobs to have better career prospects so next month uh, we'll start providing training on solar panel installation so that will be renewable energy sector which is up and coming on that note thank you for your time today in the breakfast grill was Shalina Abdul Rashid MP for Bukit Bandera and Lee Chiang Chung MP for PJ who both reflected on their first 100 days in office as first time MPs I do 
Wish them the very best in achieving their goals. I'm Wong Xiaoning, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.